Don't know which podcast to listen to? Tired of having your eardrums violated? You want to get rid of those stale pods once and for all? Well, come on down, folks, folks, because we are the Afterlife's lead nostalgia podcast. Yes, sir, come on down here. We'll do anything. We'll joke around real bad. <laughs> Point is, folks, we'll do anything to get your subscription. Hell, we'll podcast ourselves if we got eight. Yeah! We got 80s and 90s movies running all through us. All through us. And hey, act now if you want a free chuckle with every episode. Now nah, you can't beat that, can you? <laughs> Bring your little parts with you. Hell, we got plenty of poop and fart jokes for them. No problem with that at all. So say it once, say it twice, third time's the charm. And remember, we'll pot anything you want us to pot, we'll cast anything you want us to cast. Now come on down, listen to the podcast. Hello, I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. We are the Rewinders Podcast, rewinding and rebooting movies to see if they hold up. And this time, we resurrected Beetlejuice. Was he ever fully dead? God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't work at all. So I'm going to open with, does anyone know why the movie is spelled B-E-E-T-L-E-J-U-I-C-E, but everywhere in the movie, his name is spelled B-E-T-E-L-G-U-I-S-E? E-U-S-E. Whatever. Get right, Joe. Are you looking for an actual reason? Yes. Or are we looking for a... Are you looking for us to play dumb and... Yeah, Mr. Research, it sounds like you know the answer. No, I don't. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) So... (laughs) All right. So... Honestly asking you. Expecting me to do shit this early in the morning. The director. Writer-director. No, directed by Tim Burton. Written by... It was directed by Tim Burton, but it was written by two other folks. One guy did a a screenplay, and then they did not like it, so they had another person come in and basically rework it. Right. They kept the name as Beetlegeese, so that way they can play that word game and keep him from being accidentally spawned in the movie. However, when it came time to market the movie, because nobody knew how to say the name, it wasn't uh, easy to remember. And it was kind of, Beetlejuice is kind of a gross name. They actually tried to change the name to something else. Oh my God, I, I, I saw this last night. Warner Brothers didn't like the name Beetlejuice and they wanted to change the name of the movie to House Ghosts. Yes. <laughs> to which Tim Burton was horrified and hated that name. Tim Burton actually recommended that they change it to Scared Sheetless and was horrified to learn that the executives actually liked Scared Sheetless. <laughs> But he fought and kept Beetlejuice out of it. But yeah, we could have yeah. had house ghosts. And so, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was going to be tied to the fact that there is a large amount of Minute Maid orange juice all over this movie. A ton? I mean, there's, there's, I mean, a, there's, there's a, right a carton in, in almost every scene. A's. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Oh. Interesting. Thanks, Dan. Now i got to watch the movie again. I probably will watch the movie again. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, exactly. There's the. It's in. It's in the. It's in the scene where he's trying to get get Lydia to say his name. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's front and forward. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. But it's all over the place. I feel yeah, like I'll she's being purposely obtuse. Who would look at that and be like, "Orange? I don't know. Breakfast? I mean, like, the juice is the first thing that comes to mind, not those words." So when you think back to when you first watched this movie, or. Because I know some of you didn't exactly watch it a long time ago. Hi. 
Hi. Uh, your first experience with Mom's the food. creative property, Beetlejuice. So if we can just go around the table and... Uh, how would we uh, become aware or watch this movie? Okay. As it's been known, and I don't really watch movies when I was a kid. I watched the same movies, but this is one of those movies I, I did not watch. I did occasionally view the cartoon, but the cartoon was filled with scary and disturbing imagery, which did not sit well with me. It made me very uncomfortable, so I would... Uh, avoid that cartoon altogether just like uh, da, 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 uh, Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life those those shows are just disgusting and that detracts from the entertainment value for me and so for years I just didn't watch the Beetlejuice movie because I just assumed it'd be more just that gross filler and it just didn't seem like it'd be entertaining to me and now you're in divorce so it's like you've done a whole 180 <laughs> yeah whoa wait a second Hold up. <laughs> okay, that was a lie. I'm sorry. Okay. Whew. Just picturing yourself inside that sandworm mouth, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, I watched it for the first time last week and again last night. And, oh, my. That is a fun movie. Did and, it, uh, was it different from your expectations when you were younger, what you thought it would be? Okay, so with cartoons, you can do a lot more and make it a lot more gross, but I think think from what i remember it was probably along the same line so as a kid it might have disturbed me like large marge on peewee's herman peewee herman's big adventure however i think i would have been able to palette the movie because it wasn't as often as i thought it would be i never saw the movie till just yesterday whippersnapper i watched the cartoon don't get me wrong i i loved the cartoon and I had no idea where any of the ideas for the cartoon had even come from. I really enjoyed the cartoon. And now you're into good, wholesome, non-vore entertainment. Yes. Non-vore You've done a whole 180. Yes. <laughs> it's a lie again. I'm sorry. God damn it. I started watching the movie and I was, I was like taking notes on everything. And then I just, I stopped so I could enjoy the movie, and I haven't done that in any of the recordings that we've done yet. Sorry you don't like movies, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to pick better movies? Whoa. 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 Get it. Whoa. <laughs> I seem to recall you picking The Rocketeer. I did. <laughs> because that was something that I had a fond memory of, and that was a fond memory of ten minutes of that movie. <laughs> See, but also, these are movies that you had seen in your past life. This is a new movie for you, and you weren't expecting Yes, yeah, much yeah. from I didn't. It, I didn't know what to expect. Was the movie like the cartoon for you, or was it different? Different. I would like. Uh, we'll have to get in. We'll have to get into some of these. There's there are, there are port parts of the movie that I wish would have made it into the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a staple in my house growing up. Um, a lot of Michael Keaton between this and Batman. I have very fond memories of this movie. As a child, I loved it. I thought he was zany and wacky, and I loved everything about that. As a kid, I, I thought like the silly parts for me as a child were things like you know the sets, the scenery, and things like that. Whereas as an adult, every time I watch this movie, I just keep picking up on more jokes and more like just kind of like throwaway visual gags that I hadn't seen before. So as an adult, it just makes me appreciate it even more than I did as a kid. But I've grown up with this film; it's always been a part of my life. So I always love coming back to it. So when did you start watching it? Came out in 88, the year I was born. Ha ha. Um, let's see. Uh, I guess I probably, if I had to ballpark estimate the first time I saw it, was, I don't know, maybe like when I was like five or six even. It is rated yeah. PG. It's Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those rare movies that's uh, PG with an F-bomb. But uh, And a whole bunch of other things. Oh yeah, a whole bunch of other things. 
But yeah, I didn't I didn't catch any of that as a kid. Like watching it again as an adult, one of the first things I picked up on was the foam grass in in the graveyard scene and all that stuff. Like that just instantly brought me back because as a kid, I, I was just like I don't know why that stuck out so much to me, but that was always something that just made me feel uncomfortable. Maybe because of the texture, the way it looked. So just coming back to it, it was kind of fun watching that all over again. I'm assuming the reason why I enjoyed this movie as a kid and why I watched it so much was because I had, I don't know if it's an unnatural obsession, but I had a slight obsession with death when I was a little kid. And this wasn't exactly in the prime time of my death obsession. More or less than Lydia. He resonated with Lydia. I, I wasn't wearing all black and I didn't dye my hair and put on white makeup like Lydia does in the movie. Hmm. But, there, there, you know, I definitely had some leanings of just sitting there all day when I wasn't in school just thinking about it. Fair. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, I don't do that now. He I've done do a whole 180. <laughs> It's not every day. I'm not lying. I I have. I don't think about death all the time. But I figured that when I look at this movie and I'm trying to get in the head of myself as as a kid, I assume it's because it's a very open conversation that's accessible to younger people that talks about death. Even though this is a very fantastical version of death, any version of death that we see in a movie is a fantastical version of death, basically. (laughs) But this was, you know, it's outside the realm of what a church will tell you death is. So it was very interesting to me as a kid. Well, yeah, I, like, I think for well, that reason. How much, how much money you're paying. Well, I mean, right off the bat, they, they're going through the manual saying that there's no mention of heaven or hell. So, I mean, they threw that out the window right away. So it's not it's not trying to make a political statement in any way, shape, or form of no, religion. Yeah. It's just a fun afterlife movie. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. I love that part. Well, they do make one statement, but they, we'll they, get they, into they, that they later. Do, they do, they do. We watched the trailer. Yep, we did. Did the trailer do the job? Did it make you want to watch the movie? Did it give too much away? Did it not give enough away? Did it change voices of characters? What uh, did it? It made me feel like after, because I watched, I watched the trailer, I watched the movie, and then I watched the trailer again, and after watching the movie the trailer at least to me made it feel like beetlejuice was supposed to be like a super fun family film (laughs) i mean it can be yeah there's just a lot of content that you're gonna have to get over i'm pretty sure my parents wouldn't want to be sitting in the den watching this on friday night with me and my sister there's a lot worse movies you guys could be watching together there's there's so much worse that's but, true uh, but i don't know there's there's nothing really terrible it's not terrible i, I, I love the way it's directed because nothing like, terrible yeah. it's Isn't not there a scene where beetlejuice goes presidential on the lady and grabs her by the uh, he reaches behind him with a little hong kong gesture yeah yep, but I, at her I, tummy I, at her tummy that's her tummy, tummy. Yes. Okay, I was sitting anyways, very far away from the TV. But anyways, yeah, the trailer does make it seem more like more family friendly, more family friendly, and more uh, more goofy and nonstop funny. Yeah. Whereas this like is a good mix of everything. Yeah. It's definitely a fast paced trailer. It's got a lot going on in it. It looks like nonstop jokes a minute, but yeah, the movie has a perfect balance. The trailer. Obviously, they had to put all the fun stuff into it. They gave away a lot in the trailer, but that's fine because there's still a whole lot more left in the movie. In fact, if you consider the movie as a trailer to the movie, there's still more to see the next time you watch it. So even if you're giving stuff away, there's still something you aren't getting, and it's still going to be a delight to watch another time. Time for the elevator pitch. Ooh, I kind of wrote one. Hopefully it works. Oh, all right. Let's see. Uh, 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 Suit up, boys! Uh, 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 why should we make this movie? 
That's an elevator sound, Doors. Mm -hmm. You're locked in here with me. All right, guys, I have this movie idea. Yeah. We have Adam and Barbara. They're living their best life. They're in a town they love, in a house they adore, and they love each other, and it's great, and Mm -hmm. then they die. What? (laughs) Like, right away. I love it. I need you're, you're gonna. I, I'm not. I'm not sold yet. They oh, better. No. They better killing be hot like, if they're gonna off die the main right characters. away. Uh, we could get like a Baldwin, maybe, and hmm. somebody named Gina. Hmm. I don't remember if Baldwins were cool in '88, but okay. Okay. Uh, can, we, can we just talk about how young he is? Well, he is we'll get, for the hey, Red October. Like, my <laughs> he is trying to pitch a movie here, Dan. <laughs> my elevator ride's running low. Look, look, we know you want to do Batman, Burton, but you got to prove something to us first, all right? Batman's not out yet. I know. You, you got to prove this to us so we can let you do Batman. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, they're dead. They're haunting this house they love now. They're li- still living there. And then in comes a family that wants to turn, well, one of the people in this family wants to turn this house into a horrendous modern art sculpture filled with the most atrocious things that Tim Burton can think of. I like modern art. Oh no, this is this is the bad kind. Oh. Even if you like it, Adam and Barbara don't like it, so they want these people out and they're willing to go to any length necessary to get them out, even if it means enlisting the help of the worst option, Beetlejuice. Beetle what? what? That's the end. Okay. Okay. Uh, So Mm. does like is that's the entirety of my elevator pitch. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're on floor eighty nine now, so get out. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it'll it'll get you through this chart, and hopefully that Beetlejuice thing will get you. Be like, ooh, what's that? What do I do with the Beetlejuice? What's that? Sounds disgusting. Beetlejuice. Yeah, and basically you're following Adam and Barbara the whole time. Then Beetlejuice shows up eventually. Actually, pretty quickly. Everything happens pretty quickly in this movie. It really does. Yeah. It does. How does Bar- how does he end up in the table? They die, so then he sets up shop in their little fake cemetery. He, he wait sees them in the newspaper, in the obituaries, and goes, Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go mess with those people. Got it. <laughs> yeah. But then he's banished to their table. He can't get off their table unless he's... Yeah, that... There's a lot. There's a lot of rules in this universe that are not. Don't you worry about that, baby. It's all okay. I'm so uncomfortable. I need a shower. (laughs) (laughs) Just let it happen. Let it happen. Let him be on your table. So he is definitely Mr. Hands in Uh a scene, Uh (laughs) and he is definitely going after an underage girl at one point. Yeah, which to marry her. At least she tries to make an honest woman of her, but. Which, do we remember the cartoon? Do we remember the cartoon specifically? Like, what is the difference between this? Like, in this one, he's very, very handsy with her and, like, trying to get with Lydia. The cartoon cartoon is, it's super wholesome in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Like, they don't explain, I don't, I I don't remember the series from the beginning. I just remember bits and pieces. And, like, actually, I'm really glad that the Blu-ray had a couple of episodes for the TV series. At least the one that I had on it. All I remember is that he had a snake for a tongue in the, uh. And that's TV unsettling show. to young Ken. 
<laughs> I didn't watch very much of the cartoon, so I can't speak too much about that. But I do remember Lydia and Beetlejuice being more friendly. Much, so. yeah, yeah. It was more like going on he adventures was like, oh, yeah. versus you know. He was he was the the undead uncle. Well, he going still kind of is the undead uncle in this. The but creepy uncle. He's the creepy uncle that you only see on like one holiday a year, and, and you most make of the time sure yeah, once you he most... starts drinking, you keep him away from the teenage girls because yeah. he starts saying things and. And it's like, stop Can being just gross. Stop. Can we talk about the balls that Adam has dealing with a palm-sized spider? Oh my god, yeah. He just like, picks, right he just picks that thing up, carries yeah. it outside. I, if I saw that, would burn the entire house down. Yeah, I was freaking terrified. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, huh. And immediately my mind snapped to acting, and it's just like, holy crap, he's actually holding that damn thing in his hand and playing around with it like it's fun. Like, he's got balls of steel. I would never touch that thing. Nah, he loves his model that much that he doesn't want to disturb it even for something that's scary, finger quotes, as a spider. I'd be okay with it. That's honestly a spider that's not going to exist in upstate New York. That's, that's a pet spider or it's Connecticut. Connecticut. Yep. I mean, speaking speaking of that model, I always forget. No matter how many times I watch this damn movie, it's always that long in between viewings. I always forget that the beginning's not real, and it always surprises me when it gets to the models and it's like, oh, that's right. Yeah, the intro it's, is great. The, the, yeah. the models are amazing. Is, is it's the real. Entirety of the intro? For, no, no, it's oh, real for a good moment. You got the trees going overhead, and then it all of a sudden starts to transition into the fake town. Okay, they do yeah. uh, like a wipe or something in the middle. I can't remember what it was because the second viewing I was looking for where it changes from being real to model and it's really good. You have to pay attention to notice. Gotcha. And that's that's surprising. I, I looked up the visual effects budget on this movie. It was a million dollars. That's it? They got their it money's was, worth. I, Absolutely. I think, I think, was it 15 million for the whole movie that they gave him? But he only spent 1 million specifically on special effects and he wanted to look cheesy and campy like mm-hmm. the movies that he grew up with. That's why it looks so ridiculously bad. It's meant to look bad. And honestly, I think it actually lends to the film. It does. It's actually my favorite part of the movie is those cheesy, campy effects. They're amazing. The cheesier and the campier that the effects are in this movie, it makes them just hold up that much better, which is surprising. I love that. If they they do full, like, do pull a reboot on this i i hope <laughs> that they pick and choose what effects are campy cheesy and what effects are hey is this real or was this something that was added in later all right so so we're getting into favorite parts yeah here, all right well i mean uh my favorite part hands down will always be and will forever cemented be the the tree scene in the cemetery it's always the scene I come back to. It's always the scene that gets me the biggest belly laughs. It's always the scene I tell everybody under the sun that this movie is a PG movie with that scene. Yeah, that's where the uh, where, where the fun word comes. <laughs> so this was an 88 movie. Uh, it ha- It is PG, and it yeah, does drop an F-bomb. It's fun. And it is not a subtle F-bomb, but nope. Beetlejuice is angry that they just left mid-conversation with discussing his terms and conditions, and jumps up next to the tree, shouts you're working with a professional, kicks the tree over, screams nice fucking model, and then honk honks his dick. It's the best <laughs> fucking thing. It is the greatest thing, and I love it. I come back to it and laugh every time. It is quite funny. <laughs> the lead-up to that scene is one of the things I always think about when I think about Beetlejuice, is the model that exists at the beginning that's there. It's the small. It's actually the model. The model that they go into, so it's like the supersized pieces and them digging through all the layers. That's And you can a, yes. see all the layers. <laughs> that's actually my favorite part. So right there. I caught good. that this time, yeah. Like, that you can see the cardboard amazing. layers in between and everything. 
holding the foam. Oh, he, he even gets into the, the wood of the wood. table. Yep. 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 I love that portion just because they had the foresight of thinking about what could possibly be the layers of this underneath this model and then recreating it at human size. It, it's amazing. So now, to be fair, they yeah. have a giant model. They can look at what they have, but they recreated it at human size. Yeah. And it looks so good. And that's probably the inspiration for Honey, Are We Shrunk the Kids. One year after. 89 is Honey, I Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So it very well could have been. Yeah, that, that whole that whole graveyard scene, honestly, is like my bread and butter with this movie. That is my favorite freaking scene. It, it sets up so much. It does so much. It really lets you know who Beetlejuice is as a character. It lets Michael Keaton just completely be goofy, be himself. And it is, hands down without a question, my favorite scene in the whole movie. The, the entire scene. Or at least lets him be Beetlejuice. Hopefully he's not that. Hopefully he's not that. I, I just love the back and forth. I, I love like him being completely handsy with the stick and crap like that. I, I love him being like, you know... Trying to be like a puppy dog, like best friend, like, oh, please pick me, please pick me. And then, you know, it switches over to Michael Keaton with Michael Keaton voice, Batman voice, and then right back over to Beetlejuice again. <laughs> it's such a freaking amazing scene, just flip-flopping crazily and has so much energy. I just, oh, it's my favorite scene, hands down. I enjoyed all of this movie. Mm. I'm so like, glad you did. I was worried. I went in just going to grab the notes that I could grab and call it good, but I, I stopped taking notes and I had to go back and rewatch scenes and things so I had notes to talk about because at the end of the movie I had two notes one was the spider which we've already covered and one is <laughs> another one which we'll cover later why are we putting it off well it's a bad note oh, oh. yeah we're talking good notes right now uh, Dan's gotta slag everything down I don't I'm know how to you can follow the format <laughs> Um, I don't know how you can find a bad note in this movie. Everything I don't know. is great. And, and I don't know how you can just like dwell it down to favorite parts, too, because the whole movie is my yeah. favorite part, essentially. Yeah. I guess, say, I the guess... most memorable part is going to be that graveyard scene. Yeah. But there are so many good parts. There's Juno, their uh, guide, oh God, when they Juno. come back from, and they're like, oh, it's been three months. I almost gave up on you. She was great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She just... I was going to say my favorite part was, if I have to whittle it down, the waiting room, which then follows into Juno as well, because the waiting room is just this area (laughs) of bland and boring, but it's filled with so many creative characters that it makes this small space so interesting. It does. It does. And and Miss Argentina. There are so many good things. Like, she... Like, the person who is there committed suicide you know that and then later the Otho. uh, otho's throwaway comment otho's throwaway comment those who who commit suicide become civil servants in the afterlife Mm -hmm. i was like oh man that kid that second second view and that's something i picked up on i was like oh oh, crap that's yeah it makes you think did that guy throw himself in front of the car that's that's taking people through right right yeah uh, did like everyone who's working there slice her own neck open right then it's just god i got such good laughs out of her smoking (laughs) yeah they're like (laughs) she they must must have been that way like there's so many details in this movie that you can very easily miss things Yep. I didn't notice the smoking. Oh yeah, when they're at back the first at, time. Yeah, I didn't yeah. notice that when I when I went back and was looking through scenes. I'm like, oh, oh. Yep. <laughs> I caught that for the first time this viewing after all these years of watching that. I never saw it for some reason, but when I saw her take that inhale and the smoke comes out of her neck, I I got a good laugh out of it. <laughs> yeah, and, I saw that the second time. In as the well. office area, once they get welcomed in and they go through the door, and you see the desks all lined up and the other people that are hanging delivering papers. 
the one guy that's coming towards the camera is holding a few papers and he's spinning around and i don't know how the actor did this but he realized he was spinning too fast and he switches the paper to his other hand and drops it perfectly on a desk as he's going by going around and i'm like holy crap that is so cool because I would have been just like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Probably biffed it. He makes you wonder things. how many uh, takes they got before he's just like, <laughs> yeah. can't I can't mess this one up yeah. unless they green screened it or something and had the background matted in later. Yeah, unless mm. you managed managed to get your hands on some negatives. What about yeah. positives mm. or neutrals? Yeah, some neutrals too. Film film negatives, like base ones, unedited. <laughs> God damn it! No. <laughs> Another scene that's always stuck with me that I've always loved since I was a kid. But as I've grown, the scene's grown with me. As a kid, I thought it was funny and goofy, so I laughed at it. But as I get older, and every time I watch the movie, it has more meaning to me. It's the scene where they're trying desperately to scare Delia. 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 Thank you. Delia. Uh, Charles trying to scare, and Lydia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're trying to scare Delia while she's sleeping. And Lydia's in her room thinking that her parents are having sex, and it's mm-hmm. just the weird, like, moaning and groaning. <laughs> as a kid, I thought it was funny, but as I keep getting older and keep watching this movie over and over again, it just makes me smile and laugh even more, because the sounds are just... With the context, it's so unbelievably funny, because it sounds so <laughs> awful. And she goes upstairs to go chastise them. They come up... She, yeah. People come out who she thinks is her parents under sheets. She's like, I don't care if you're into this weird stuff. Just leave me out of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that polaroid camera man oh yeah like, those bam, developed, bam 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 those develop quick too so fast hands it up yeah now if this were the internet age that would have been up on snapchat and out on the internet yeah, before we could have blinked be- twice before she even noticed there was no feet and that's how you know it's a ghost no feet no feet no feet. ghosts don't no have feet, feet. Nope. nope feetless they just yeah. cut holes in 300 dollars sheets and float around yeah I wonder what the thread count on those were. So on that same note... Thread count doesn't matter, Dan. It's just designed by the man to make you pay more money for sheets. So the camera can't see their feet. Lydia can see them because of some... She She doesn't ignore the weird. She's also strange, as unusual. And she got her hand on the book. And the other people can't see the ghosts. How does Beetlejuice get himself to be seen as a giant snake baluster? He's a poltergeist. Yes. He's, that is what he does. I, th- I think Juno kind of explains it a little bit. There's so much going on, I couldn't catch it all. That's why you hire Beetlejuice to come do the stuff that ghosts can't do. Ah. Or you're just not good at being a ghost. So was he alive at one point? I assume so. You could assume. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what killed him by his... Black death? I, he mentioned the black death at one point. Yeah, maybe. It, they, they, it's his, his origin is not ever... Truly, no, it's never discussed. ...truly discussed. I, I like wouldn't that. trust him if he told me how he died anyway. Yeah, it's kind of Joker-esque. I really like it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want to know where Beetlejuice came from. I just know he's fucking crazy. And he's been around for a really long yeah. time. Fair. Those are some of the best characters. I, I love not having an origin for Beetlejuice. Make note of that, those who are thinking of making a reboot. Leave Beetlejuice's origin out of this. And you keep wanting to jump to the reboot portion. We're not there yet. But that's what our podcast is about. (laughs) These days, it would be Beetlejuice Origins. Uh, It would be. Beetlejuice getting the Infinity Glove. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, mean, is that better or worse than the proposed sequel that was originally supposed to follow us up? I don't remember. Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. What? The Deetzes go to Hawaii. And Beetlejuice uses magic to win a surf competition. 
Apparently they had asked <laughs> Kevin Smith to write the treatment for it, but he turned it down to write Superman Lives. Was this in his stand-up bit where he also talks about the Wild Wild West? I believe the so. Giant spider. Giant spider. Where the spider was always brought up and then all of a sudden he's at the movies watching Wild <laughs> Wild West. That son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. We've strayed. We have. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, no, that was the original follow-up. It was the Deets family and God, Beetlejuice and everything. Terrifying. That would have been awful. I don't know. Was Tim Burton on board with that? Yeah. Yeah, actually. <laughs> of, course, of course Tim Burton would be. Yeah. I could imagine that being, oh, you want to do a sequel? Let's stink this up something fierce so we never have to do this again. Well, actually, I think it was his idea. Or he likes having a challenge and he's like, all right, what kind of creepy things can I do in <laughs> he Hawaii? He walked out onto the street. Somebody give me an idea. Or he's like, Ooh, wait, you're going to pay me to be in Hawaii for a few weeks to oh, record? Yep, there's always that. Oh, here we go. Here, here's, here's the plot. The Deeds family moves to Hawaii to develop a resort. Construction begins, and it's quickly discovered that the hotel will be sitting on top of an ancient burial ground. <laughs> so Beetlejuice comes in to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> My God. And this is where Beetlejuice becomes their personal... Haunting? Haunting friend. Can I you mean, call him a friend? I... It that's, sounds like they're that's starting kind of to what get they the business wanted. with him, but man, you got to keep a t- tight leash on him. So when I was younger, I didn't really pay much attention to certain things in this movie that as an adult stick out. Like one of the things is Harry Belafonte is all over this movie. So I must think that they wanted one of his songs or two of his songs and then realized... It's the same cost to get like five of his songs. Let's just get five of his songs and just uh, sprinkle them everywhere because these are good songs. Let's just put them everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Absolutely. And the songs fit. They fit the tone perfectly. I I love it. Did any of you notice that in the special, I don't know, because I have that goofy Canadian, French Canadian Blu-ray, there is a audio only option or music only. It cuts the vocal tracks and the special effects tracks and only plays the background music for the entirety of the movie. That's almost worth going to check out because Danny Elfman was a f- he was fire for this movie. I mean, every scene with his track, I was obsessed with. Katie and I went back and we watched half the movie. I couldn't like I couldn't do it because I I need to have <laughs> vocals. <laughs> I check it out just to see what it it's was. Like. It's yeah, yeah. There's there is a lot of Belafonte. Now, a you, lot more mm-hmm. than I oh, noticed sure. the first time. What if you do that? Turn the entire movie black and white, and then put word frames in between on the important words. You, if you wanted to take the time, silent to, film to silent film it. You totally could. <laughs> see, see, there's a very good contrast to this, and I'm glad you brought it up, Joe, because all of that mixes so well with this movie and really does provide it its theme. Essentially, it, it's got that feel to it. And when I think of those songs and when I think of that music, it brings me back to Beetlejuice. And it just kind of fits its overall image that's going for. A movie that doesn't do that, for example, I was watching uh, Suicide Squad for the first time last night. And uh, every other freaking scene, I mean, even scenes that are only 30 seconds after the previous scene, had some random other licensed song just playing for whatever known reason. And it just... Yeah, they blew their music budget in like the first five minutes. Yeah, it was yeah, ridiculous. yeah. It, it, every other scene is some random generic 60s, 70s, 80s. But yeah, that's just, a, that's just an example of it doing an awful job with licensed music versus this movie, it really made the movie for me. It's just it, another element of what makes it so good. It's just all complete picture. Everything just kind of mixed together. Yep. It really yeah. does set the tone to have that music. I do like that they give it a natural diegetic, uh, here's how, why this music is here, because they have the record player with the record, and yes. they're playing it right yes. off the cuff, yes. and that's like the first thing you get in that it's playing. House. It's playing on the radio in the car. Yep. And on mm-hmm. the radio in the car. Like, it doesn't just come out is, of nowhere. 
this is what this house is about is this song this kind it's of music them. it's and their character yep. sound basically mm-hmm. yeah gives them that kind of fun feel to them but then when you mix it in with like a weird haunting which is makes... music by danny elfman and it's fantastic yeah <laughs> it's oh, so I was, good. The, I was you need the, uh... take take 10 minutes and watch just a couple of scenes with the audio track edit on the, the tubas were never so happy to have a major portion of music <laughs> yeah or the sousaphone whatever I, uh, it was. I i completely forgot about that and then I'm, i was listening to the opening the opening theme i'm like yeah this is an elf this is all elfman this is yeah. very elfman little things that they do that is spectacular in this movie mm. the dog that they avoid hitting is balancing the car on one board before yeah. just yep. going meh yeah. And yep. walking off. That was such a cute pup. I want that one. <laughs> and then barks at them. And, ag- <laughs> and again, getting onto the track. Yeah. And again, getting onto the track of introducing things before they happen. Dogs running through town. They almost mm-hmm. hit it the first time. I mean, I, I love Chekhov's that they gun. Had yes. Dogs. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that term. <laughs> and then you mentioned uh, only a million dollars for effects, but then use that as an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It looks fake as hell. But knowing that that's the aesthetic, it looks so good because exactly, exactly. it's perfect in the aesthetic. This movie has How? so many bad special effects, but because that's the style of the special effect in the movie, it just plays off so well. You, you can't tell when there's a bad special effect because they all look that way. <laughs> I mean, nowadays you have CGI, basically. You have, like, you can tell where a scene is maybe more heavily edited than another scene or something doesn't quite add up and match another scene prior to it or later on. This whole movie is just perfect. Like, I will say it's perfect. The special effects are completely standing the test of time every time, every single time I watch it. They are aged. They are aged. They're aged, but they are very no, good. They are standing up beautifully. They were not standing up like they are in Jurassic Park. That's a different Why movie. Do you That's keep... a different movie. Doesn't matter. Dan, you are now you banned from mentioning Jurassic Park unless we're talking about Jurassic Park. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Baldwin also changes the bridge on his model to have a that. busted out section. Yes, yes. <laughs> Did he... Or did the no? The, he was the, the, the he was doing he was working on it. He was working on the bridge when Lydia was trying to put the skeleton key in the door. That's when okay. he dropped. That's when he dropped everything and ran over the door to hold it shut. I didn't catch that. Okay. Yeah, he was adjusting the bridge to to model after their deaths. That was amazing. That's so. That's good. a good way to cope with your. And it's also really nice end? that they have the. Uh, house right up on top of the hill so they can see the entire oh for sure the entirety of it so he well, can make the, the changes except for the cemetery because he couldn't figure out where the plots were yeah man, that's fine that's fine <laughs> but you can uh, make the changes as necessary like the bridge going out uh the family that moves into their house perfect because they're so detestable and that was one thing that i De- never detestable whatever <laughs> I- <laughs> you don't like them obviously I mean, even though Charles is such a pushover for Delia, and you hate Delia, you kind of hate Otho as well because they both have such bad. They feed off of each other, and it's disgusting. It is disgusting. Their taste is so Deet-scusting? horrible. Disgusting. <laughs> Which I didn't catch as a kid is intentional. Mm-hmm. Their their style is intentionally bad, just so you hate them more, mm-hmm. and you like the country keech. Oh, God, not quiche. (laughs) Country kitsch. Kitsch. I I like Charles. Charles was cool. Charles is is a a shell of the man he was once. 
Well, yeah, for sure. He can't even close a business deal now or anything else like that. But he's just trying to relax. Damn it! Just let the poor, just let the poor man sit. Yeah, he just you can do whatever you want. Just leave this room. Yeah, <laughs> and then everyone keeps interrupting him in his quiet space. Nope, nope. Which is a magical time to show what people did prior to having smartphones. Yeah, they yeah, read like bird watching, bird watching, reading <laughs> magazines, yeah. wandering around, poking books. I love his surprise too when he whips open the magazine, starts reading it initially, and this the the subscription cards start falling off. And there are so <laughs> many of them that had me laughing so hard because it's it's a reality. After a certain point, yeah. there were like so many things that just fell out of every magazine. Man, that's a thing of its time. We don't have that anymore. Not really. No. We still have magazines. Not like I, I don't I I don't get I don't Nintendo Power's gone. I used to get Nintendo Power all the time. That ended four years ago. Lego Magazine's still a thing, but not like it used to be. Thinking magazines that I was signed up for when I was a kid. I had a subscription thing for information about the universe. I like the football team, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. The constant coach reference. <laughs> coach, so good. I don't think we survived the, the crash. You don't say. Dan, here's yep. your moment to shine. No. Okay. Oh, what? No, okay. you got something? Yeah, well, I've I, got I mean, things. I, I have a few things. I'm just trying to uh, figure out where to put them. When we were saying earlier about the uh, ripping the face off, how did they get into doing the ripping the face off so quickly? That's what I was going to make a note of. When When did they learn that they could just do that? I, I mean, guess this I is a good that... tramp uh, thing. I think what you're trying to get into was uh, what things we didn't necessarily like or didn't work for us in this movie. Yeah. Is that where we're at yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, how did they get into doing that? Like, they're dead and all of a sudden, ooh, body horror. I mean, she did light her fingers on fire that one time. That was a good scene. I was actually trying to figure out, like, how they did that trick. And she immediately starts wiggling her fingers. And I was just kind of like, whoa, that is really good. Probably yeah. a wax hand. That's what I thought at first, too. But the fingers, they instantly start moving with the flame even going. It's like, whoa. You just have some hmm. wicks on the inside of your fingers. And... I don't know. It was still don't do too fast. It was, good, it was a good effect. It was yeah. a, or, or it was a dip, wonderful effect. I was very impressed. Some lighter fluid, and it wasn't like if you didn't do look, that, the lighter fluid burns off. And it you wasn't, don't, but then her whole finger would be on fire. Yeah, it was just the tips of fire. Like there were lighters at the tips yeah, of her it was fingers. Like little so candles. It was very, it's very good. It's very yeah, good. Yeah. But I agree. Well, like where, how, how did the Maitlands learn that they could just edit cut themselves? each other's head off and hang each other? I mean, it's it's great. It's funny. Like it works really well in the movie, and I'm j- happy they included it because you know it's like. We're doing all this body horror. Why aren't they? Uh, why aren't they reacting? Oh, that's because they can't see you. Which bring that up here in a second. But you don't exactly get a feel for the fact that they knew that they could do that. that I think it's because the the course of time gets lost. Uh, but we did have inside the film keeping us. Uh, that was. They were making callouts to time throughout the movie, right? But the way that the movie flows, you don't know how long time has been between those you, callouts, right? You know how time is working in the real life. You actually don't know how they're experiencing time. We don't. We're obviously not with them the entire time they're there. Adam. So, I mean, Adam was in the, down in the sandworm pit for two hours. Yep, uh, two hours. Sa- Saturn. Saturn. It's implied that Saturn has sandworms. Fine. It's Saturn. And why is Saturn out the door? Why is I don't know. But Beetlejuice looks her up and down. He's like, oh, I've been to Saturn. Okay. <laughs> Sandworms hate him, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I like, find uh, it hard to uh, pay attention to what he's saying. It's hard for me to understand him, so I just kind of <laughs> ignore what he's saying. So I'm glad that you're giving me these words, because I did not catch that at all. Yeah, no, Saturn. That's so good. Because then there's that other scene later on in the movie where it's really overly done, but it kind of pans up in the sky a little bit, and there's other planets out in the atmosphere. Yeah. 
But it's 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 supposed to be Saturn that they go to on the sandworms. Gotcha. That makes sense. No, no it doesn't. No, I, no, it doesn't make it's a, sense. It's just Saturn another wonderful is, detail that the movie yeah. will never explain. On that yeah. note, yeah. <laughs> the sa- the special effect for the sandworms, where he's there and the sandworms attacking him, super cheesy. You can see the lines. How do you feel about that versus the Rocketeer flying? I like it because it the, fits the aesthetic. It fits the aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> It's meant to look ridiculous, because that's how he wanted to look. It fits. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I just thought it was funny <laughs> that ripping real hard on a minorly bad last uh, episode, and this one. We're just going to let it slide. We're going to let it slide, because it is nothing wrong with so that good. <laughs> it's a hand puppet. It's a hand puppet. I, I just like when Gina Davis like smacks its face a little bit. And <laughs> so they have, they, they can do their body horror. They can make modifications to their faces. And they do that later in the movie. Like they do, he pulls his face. Juno says, how are you going to do this? And so he like pulls his face out and she slaps her eyes into her head and they come out her mouth. And they both got these beaky, weird faces going on that's supposed to be scary. Who are they trying to scare? The only one who can see them is Lydia. Maybe they learned how to be seen because because immediately following that they learn how to actually like interact <laughs> yeah. with them because then they have the whole scene with the shrimp bulls which scared me as a kid <laughs> you know they actually make them dance and possess them essentially so yeah. they're learning at a rapid rate that is a fun i like that scene that was fun again it's ghosts doing stuff spooky but in a very approachable way for anyone except right. for Shrimp hands. They hadn't given shrimp hands. Kind of yeah. It pushed that pushed the scene over over a little bit on me. They hadn't given the impression that uh, those two could be seen though. Maybe once the exorcism came through and like they could see them and be like, oh, these people are real. Then maybe they could see them in the future. I could see that, but they hadn't really given the uh, impression to me that those two could be seen. We never got the opportunity to see what they were gonna do. And I feel like maybe there's a lot on the cut, cutting room floor that we didn't get to see, and we need a director's cut. Maybe. We probably would have already gotten it at this yeah, point. If, probably. If yeah. a director wanted us to have it's it. It's only been 32 years. Only. Only. Right? Or is it longer than that? 42? It's gone from 32. Lydia. 32. I'm, I'm 31. This I'm not that old. out a year before I was born. <laughs> it's gone from Lydia being, being my first introduction to a childhood crush, essentially, Aww. to now she's old. As old as my parents, almost. We need a sand tr- sad trombone sound effect Aww. right here. And now she is the parent Aww. in Stranger Things and fucking delight. <laughs> the world needs more Winona Ryder. Right, on that. So yes, was Michael yes. Keaton a thing before this movie? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, what was he in before this? I should have looked these up. I don't like, remember what he was in, but he was a thing. Let's waiting. look up these names. The reason like, why I say he was a thing is because in the title sequence, which I found very funny this time around, was and with Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Yes, it's like they couldn't okay. sell this movie on Beetlejuice. We need to say, oh, stick around. It's yeah. going to be Michael Keaton. I laughed at that, too, because if you look at the Blu-ray cover, no mention of Winona Ryder, no mention of uh, Catherine O'Hara, anybody else. It's it's uh, just Michael Keaton is yeah. Beetlejuice. Whereas yeah, so in the it's, movie itself, it's everybody else. And then, yeah, just that. Oh, yeah, by the way, like, Beetlejuice is Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah we right. got Keaton in There's so many big names in this movie. <laughs> or they're big names right now. I have no idea who was big before this movie. Oh. But that was, those were some very good gets for these movies. Yeah, and for sure. This mm-hmm. movie, and it definitely helped. So, yeah, Night Shift. Both Night Shift and Mr. Mom were far earlier than this movie. Oh, okay. Mr. Mom was Mr. Mom was pretty big. Yeah, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mom was 83, Night Shift was 82. Yeah, so he was in a bunch of stuff before this. What an interesting choice. Johnny Dangerously. 
pretty good funny spoof gangster I movie. I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, it's got some funny stuff. That's pretty well, funny. I'll have to see if I can find a copy. I guess if I had only one complaint about this movie, if I had to think of anything, not enough old Bill the barber. Every <laughs> time I watch the movie, it's, it, it makes me chuckle. I love how he just completely doesn't even realize Adam. Adam's still not there. He's just telling this whole story about this kid who came in with hair down to his goddamn shoulders. <laughs> right. Asked him to take a little bit off. He took a scissor so fast to him and he's just sitting there muttering to himself like he's talking. Making fun of the poor old man's senility. I love old Bill. There needed to be more old Bill. But... There are three people that are tertiary characters that live in town. And we don't, we're not sure about the third one. There's two people that we are positive that live and work in town. It's old Bill <laughs> and that, I'm going to call him Gary, the guy who's shining the uh, statue in front of the yeah. building kitty corner. Yeah. And Jane. And Jane. Jane. The host and house seller. What? No, see, I, does no, she Jane, live in town? Jane's She's got to. Otherwise, she wouldn't be yeah. showing up so early in the morning. But, but she's also supposedly their relative? Sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. Someone's sister-in-law. Okay. See, but I'm just saying that there's no hard evidence she lives in that town. So you got the barber, you got the guy shining the statue, and what you're saying is these are the youngest people in town. That they're in this town full of old elderly people that are like, let me tell you about when I was in the war. So speaking of old Bill, I got lost in the fact that Adam owned the hardware store. Never, because yeah, never it was caught never, on to that. Never brought up, and like he goes Whoa. to the store yeah. and just grabs a bunch of shit out of it and walks out, locks oh. the door, and locks the door. And I like, at first time, like when we were, when we were watching, I'm like, did he just, did he just walk into that oh. store? When I was and a kid, steal a bunch of shit. When I was a kid, I was convinced that stuff was being set out for him, and the person who was running the store just wasn't at the counter, and That's he opens the money and drops the money in and takes his stuff and leaves. That's why I thought like he called ahead and said, "Hey, I need this." Yeah, and it wasn't until this time watching it that I noticed it's Maitland's hardware. That's crazy. I've never noticed that. And they own it. That's why they're there. That's they they left the big city. And, and that's uh, why they can have the big house. They I have feel, enough yeah. money. I feel so stupid Absolutely now. massive Don't, house. I just learned this watching it. Is it a house or is it a hotel? Apparently it's a house. First time watching it, like, oh, this has got a lot of rooms. It's a nice place they're staying. Oh, it's their house? My God. And that's why Jane comes up and says, this house is too big for you. I'm like, Jane, come on. They have a family. Stop being a bitch, sister-in-law. <laughs> Let's draw attention to your sister not being able to have kids and you bringing your kid around all the time. Oh Jerk. Jane's almost up there in the same levels of uh, what's her name from Harry Potter for me. Oh, God, it's going to kill me. Hermione Everybody Granger. is what's her name from Harry Potter. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, Aunt Marge. The the one with the map that gives it to Harry Potter. The map? The, the mischief map. You're, oh. You're a mischief map. The, the brothers? The wolf dog man. No, that's serious. He he doesn't give him the map. He the, makes the map. The guy with all the animals. No, Hagrid? no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the lady cat. Magonic? Umbridge. Oh, yeah, she makes uh, a lot more sense than anyone we've Umbridge, said so Umbridge far. <laughs> makes me want to jump into the screen and strangle the woman, whereas I, I guess... so good at it. I guess Jane makes me just want to slap her. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's a difference, I guess. But yeah, Jane is just tone deaf and completely unforgiving. <laughs> She's just a horrible person to begin with. But yeah, I guess Umbridge is a little bit more... And I guess that means that Jane is very well played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a good character that makes you hate her. 
So more than not, more not than as Delia. much as Delia. I Delia and Otho take the cake on this one. I, I enjoy mm, yeah. sitting there watching the movie. And she's like, Jane gets run out by what's her name? I can't remember names. And so she goes around and stands in front of the window and waits for the <laughs> line yeah. to be open so she can look at the other guy. I love that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> she's like face right up to the window. He's like, oh, she starts talking like, apparently this is something that happens often, because otherwise, why is she looking into that window? It is something that happens often. They have to trade off who talks to her first. Yes, mm-hmm. but it this is one of, very one of the first specific, lines in the like, movie. You would think that since they're trading things off, that they would also not cha- pick the same paths to walk. So that way she doesn't know which window to look at that she's they're going to look out. Because Adam goes downstairs. Mm-hmm. Like, he he goes out of his way to go away. Yeah. So how it's, does Jane know? She's psychic. Oh. Ah. She has Baldwin radar. Such a young Baldwin. I, I can't think of any other bad things because I love the movie so much. Um, <laughs> so, even, even sitting out objectively, there's just so much fun going on in the film, I can't really pinpoint anything that I'd want to change. Oh, want to change? No. Yeah. I wouldn't want to change there's anything. There's nothing that I want to change. I want more. This movie, after sitting and thinking about it, feels like the first act of a, a full story that we do not get to the end of. Well, yeah, we were going to go to Hawaii next, and now it's gone. <laughs> when I got done, and I was I was digesting what I had watched, after saying, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> I need more of the canon in the Beetlejuice universe, because... The cartoon series doesn't really do it. And this is what I was talking about before. The cartoon series does not have the Maitlands in it at all. It's just Beetlejuice and the Deets. Yeah, the Maitlands don't exist in the in nope. the show. And I've never understood that. I, I haven't looked into anything about it, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the reasoning behind that is. Because they died the true death and went to the death window. I didn't catch that as a kid. I always didn't like looking through the window and seeing the dead dead the second time the, the dead souls? who have, the dead who oh, have died the, the door yeah, yeah the door showing the souls but then watching it now and seeing what happens to the maitlands as they go through the seance i'm like oh wait a minute they're they're they are dying the, de- they the dead's die. death yep i'm is like that oh the, crap is that the only way to so kill Beetlejuice dead people must have honestly saved them during that scene yeah and I, I didn't catch that until this last few viewings where i'm like wow okay so he actually did help them yeah that's something I that's what it seems like but he also wants them to employ him. To pay him what? I have no idea. <laughs> I guess he just gets derives joy off helping people scare other people. Is that the only way to kill dead people? I mean, obviously taking off their head doesn't work. Taking off their face doesn't work. It's another one of those points in the movie that is not explained, but you're just supposed to Very deal with it. Just quarantine yourself. Leaves options. Yeah. yeah, and they do such a good job of just dropping in so many things, bringing it back and tying nice little bows on how it could work that it definitely opens up the world to to be more imaginative and fun stuff like that. So there could definitely be more in this world. It's not a closed world, but it is definitely a very interesting step into that world that draws you in and definitely makes you think about it and engages you into this as what could be that's part of what makes a good movie yeah and and that's that's honestly primarily why i've loved this movie for my whole life is because out of all burton's movies i feel like this has the most going on and it feels like literally you have the small little porthole that you just got to see something bigger and grander than you can possibly imagine and that's all you get. There's and, been no sequel. There's barely been no continuation. There's and, so many unanswered questions, so many yet, things you can't come back by to. by itself, it still makes sense. Yeah. And it's still a great story. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. It leaves me wanting more. There aren't, like, books you can go and read. There's no graphic novels. It's just... I'm sure there's fan-written stories on the internet. That's there's got to be I some want, fan fiction though. out I there, want, Dan. I want some Rule true, 34 Beetlejuice out there. Yeah, some any, vor, Some sandworm vor. God. <laughs> No I'll need. give you some websites, Dan. No, you can you can leave those websites wherever you found them. I don't need them. In terms of rebooting, remaking, it would be interesting because obviously the window of opportunity has been so stretched at this point. I mean, Lydia is going to be in her fifties if they try to make it now. I think she's forty something right now. So realistically, by the time Juno's 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 gone. Yeah. Juno's gone. Old Bill's gone. The Maitlands are going to look pretty doughy and not themselves, which just doesn't work since they're dead. So they'd have to skip the Maitlands entirely. If it was a sequel, it would have to be like the Maitland Beetlejuice. I, f- I feel like they'd have thing to skip. Would have to be passed on to a new family. Exactly. They'd have to completely skirt the Maitlands. They'd have to completely skirt the Dietzes. They could bring Lydia back as maybe like a, a tie to the originals. But I think that the only realistic character, and maybe this works out better for it that still could work in a reboot is Beetlejuice himself. Because I think Keaton could still play Beetlejuice fairly well, and I know he's been itching to, and he loves the character. I, I feel like that's the only thing you really need from Beetlejuice to make successfully another Beetlejuice movie. It would have to be a, like, full reboot with Which, Keaton being Beetlejuice, yeah. not a sequel reboot. Yeah, no. So he's not going to pull off his hat at the three-quarter mark and put it on his adopted son... And you're Beetlejuice <laughs> now, as he. The... You're you're speaking, and you're the the, the 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 sounds that are coming out of your face. And then Beetlejuice are... puts his hand up with a big thumbs up as he sinks down into in the, the sand. <laughs> is it, yeah. and all of this is, is, yeah. is flying in the face of the face that you're making right now that says that you are disgusted at the even even the thought of that. And, and it wouldn't be a hat of any sort. It would be his pinstripe suit. Oh, true. Yes, yeah, yes. he just it starts um, stripping down. Somebody and, else puts it on, and he just looks at him, gives him a nod, and says, "Looks good on you. It fits." As long as they don't, Santa, they don't Santa, into a sandworm's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> don't Santa Claus giving everyone the middle finger as he goes. <laughs> Another young ghost kills Beetlejuice and takes his. I've always imagined it happening this way. <laughs> It'd be a twenty-minute death scene of him just talking and slowly dying. So, in order mm. for me to get on board for a reboot, I think I would need a uh, the same camp just updated so the same level of like gra- uh, visuals to keep in the sandworms being what they are not some cgi super realistic sleek, scary realistic thing. thing i want it to still be that cartoony that yet real yeah. <laughs> thing that exists in order to you know keep the visuals alive in that and then also i'm trying to think whether or not Beetlejuice, we would need to update his character a little bit. No. That's what makes him so charming. His dance as he goes into Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Just everything. Come on. Well, the movie definitely wouldn't be a PG movie. It would not be a PG no. movie any longer. The 80s were a crazy time. <laughs> they were a crazy and time. Yes, he does these terrible things, but I don't think anyone views it as good character traits in him that he kind of, you know, yeah. feels up. I mean, it, nobody thinks Beetlejuice. Like, nobody, nobody thinks Beetlejuice is a stand-up guy. He's a sleazebag. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. That, that's that. That is. I'm not excusing the behavior. The... I'm just saying, it's the character. He's, which is where either we need guy. to not have buddy cop cartoon going on, where he's uh, just there as being, you know, 
almost like a friend there. We don't need wholesome Beetlejuice. No. Yeah. But he can. those lines can never cross. You cannot have somebody be a friend with Beetlejuice. I don't think he ever really wants to be anyone's friend, at least in the movie version. Yeah, he's wanted to break out. He's wanted yeah. to get over. Yeah, he wanted yeah. to be, yeah. I mean, yeah, poltergeists are, you know, crazy uh, trickster ghosts. So I guess that kind of fits with that oeuvre. Has anybody been able to find a Zagnut candy bar? Any? I've, got, I've, th- I've got this movie candy bar thing. Like after watching Stargate, I was obsessed with Fifth Avenues and things like that. I always have to find the candy bars from movies and eat them. And Zagnut's next on my list. 20 bucks for an 18-piece box on CandyWarehouse.com. I don't know. Pull that fly in pretty quick. No! <laughs> Help me! <laughs> <laughs> that was Beetlejuice Rewound and Rebooted. If you could like, comment, and subscribe, that helps our YouTube algorithm. If you could share this episode or other episodes with your friends, lovers, or enemies who also enjoy movies from the 80s and 90s, it could help us greatly. So come back in two weeks as we rewind and reboot again! Bye, babes.